In this episode, I speak with Ken Wimberly, who's done just about everything you can think of when it comes to commercial real estate. Now, Ken dedicates his time to the high margin business of owning laundromats while putting a key emphasis on making a difference specifically in one shocking statistic. Let's learn about this statistic and hear Ken's strategy after this. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, managing partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I am sitting down with Ken Wimberly. Now, Ken is the founder and visionary behind Legacy of Love and KW Net Leasing Advisors, a commercial real estate brokerage in Fort Worth, Texas, and also founding member of Laundry Love, a chain of laundry matches we're going to get into heavily on this show with the mission to educate, equip, and inspire those in the communities they serve. So Ken, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Been looking forward to this. So tell us about laundry love and the laundromat business in general. I feel like the extent of a lot of people's knowledge is maybe seeing on social media, them just kind of emptying all the coins that they have at the end of the day or the week, whatever the case may be. So tell us about the laundry business. How did you get involved in it? Actually, we got into the laundry business as a solution to a real estate problem is how that happened. And what I mean by that is a partner of mine and I were buying a shopping center and we had probably 40% vacancy in the center, 60% filled, 40% vacant. And we were looking for tenants for the vacancy. And I was at a real estate conference, ran into a laundromat guy, pitched him the center. And he said, email me the location and I'll run some analysis on it. A couple of weeks later, he gets back and he goes, Ken, you got the perfect location for a laundromat. And I was like, great, what do you need? And he's like, we're going to need like 5,000 square feet. We're going to need a 10-year lease, three, five-year options. We can pay up to this amount. And I'm like, Holy cow, here's a lease. Sign hard. Uh, you know, press hard three <laughs> copies. And it sounded perfect. But what I realized is as I continued talking to the guy, he was not an operator. He was actually a manufacturer's rep for a vendor of laundromat equipment. But he was a great guy. And he starts educating me on the industry, trying to help me find an operator for that market out there. This was in Abilene, Texas. And I don't know whether it was there just wasn't enough energy being put into it or they genuinely just couldn't find an operator. But in any case, months go by and there's no laundromat operator. And my partner and I in the real estate, we had bought the center and we started talking, what if we became the operator? What if we kind of looked at that? And that's kind of what led to us getting into the business. It was not a short journey. We studied the industry really for about a full year before we got into it. And wisely, my partner and I realized that we are very much of like mind. We are starters. We're visionaries. We're guys that like the deal junkies and put them together. We are not operators. And so we said, look, if we're going to do this, we need a third partner in this business. And that needs to be a strong operator. And there's a guy I've been wanting to be in business with for many years. I tried to actually recruit him onto my real estate business when I was running that at a high level. And just geography kept us from doing that. In this case, geography was not going to interfere because like my first partner was in Colorado. I'm in Fort Worth and this other guy was in Austin and the property is still another two hours away from us. So he ended up going through that year-long exploration process with us. And we liked what we saw about the industry. And we liked that in the laundromat industry, 
there was an opportunity to come in and make a difference because there was a handful of people that were doing it right. They were coming in, building really nice centers, centers that you'd be proud to go into. You're like excited to go into like, that's the kind of thing we want to do. And as we continued to explore during that year, we realized we really wanted to kind of be more mission focused. Now, this is not a charity. We're not running a nonprofit here. It needed to be a profitable business, but in studying the industry, it looked to be, you know, a 30 plus percent cash on cash margin business. But our vision was, particularly my vision was become the Chick-fil-A of laundromats. Like when kids drive by, they're like, I want to go to Laundry Love right there. <laughs> so ultimately we want to have like this massive playscape and there. We've started small, our playscapes are small, but we have a dedicated children's play area in each of our facilities. And adjoining that is a children's literacy area where we'll bring in books every month and encourage the children to take them home. Because one of the stats we learned as we are studying the industry is that in the areas where most laundromats are located, they're impoverished areas. And uh, one in 300 households has books for their children. Now, let that sit with you. One in 300. That still today baffles me that that can actually be true. But we're assuming it is. And regardless of whether or not it is, we are bringing in books every single month and handing them out to kids that come through our doors. So that's the quick down and dirty of how we got in the laundromat business. That's really incredible because I was going to, you know, part of it is to ask, hey, what are returns like for laundromats? And you kind of hit it close to 30% or so. And you really have the ability to make true impact because you think about, yeah, laundromats are typically located in those areas where maybe developers haven't gotten to, you know, private washer dryers or the complexes in the area haven't invested in those because usually they're not really huge money makers. And so that's a clientele that is often not served properly and you're really able to make a difference for them. And then of course, for the next generation as well, and really provide that opportunity. I don't know if it'll ever match up to Chick-fil-A, but it's an attempt and it's the <laughs> next best thing. Chick-fil-A sets the bar pretty high. It um, really does. But tell me about that differentiator, because you said a couple of things. It's got to be profitable. This is a business. The average laundromat, or I guess a well-run one does about 30% returns, but a well-ran one maybe doesn't give out books every month. Maybe it doesn't have those resources because where there's a children's play area, those could be more machines. So it could be more profitable. So tell me about that dynamic. First of all, how are you doing in comparison to that benchmark? Are you exceeding kind of that average 30% plus or minus? Or are you taking a little bit of a sacrifice because you want to continue to provide these resources? Or tell us about the business side of it. Well, it's really interesting. Our theory was that we could do good by doing good. The more value we could provide the community, the more people would rally around us and would want to come visit our locations frequently and become avid and rabid customers of ours. And the theory is proving to be true. Now, it was interesting. We opened up in September of 2019, just a handful of months before COVID rolls in. So we kind of fought that battle for a while, like the rest of the world did. But as we've gotten through that, we came out very strong on the other side of that. And our name and brand is getting just out there and out there. And now that we're opening multiple locations right now, it's really, really going well. People that come in and see what we're doing are just blown away by it. First, they look at our store, they walk in, they're looking up to like, this is not a laundromat. <laughs> it is bright, clean, beautiful, big screen TVs up on the walls, playing only positive programming. So we teach our employees not to play the news, not to play like daytime TV and drama on TV, none of that junk. You know, play National Geographic Channel, play things like Home Improvement, some sports channels, play those kind of things and put those on the TV so that people can come and maybe 
actually get some positivity in their lives, learn a little bit in their lives right there. We do put vending machines. We put healthy options in our vending machines. Now we have unhealthy options because that seems to be what everyone wants, but we got <laughs> healthy options in the vending machines as well. We also put large seating areas in our laundromat so that families or people can come sit down together. They can use our free Wi-Fi. They use our clean restrooms and it's a place where they feel very welcome. Not to mention our locations are staffed locations. So we have staff members there to help, to greet, to clean the machines constantly, to kind of teach people how to use the machines. They've never used them before, teach people how to use the card system. So you kind of mentioned a vision of all these coins they're collecting. Well, we're (laughs) coinless. So we're all card-based system right there. So people can use a debit or credit card, either by purchasing a laundry card that they can use or just swiping the debit or credit card right on the machine. Yeah. On the business side, you have to kind of wonder, like, why hasn't anybody done this before? And the answer to that question usually is, well, it's not that profitable to do it that way. Not just in this business, but in any kind of business, you always think that, well, if I ran that business, I would just do this. And typically there's a pretty solid answer as to why it's not common practice, because it's either not profitable or it's a loss leader, perhaps. How have you found making those additional investments have impacted the bottom line? Are you seeing a lot more of that retention? Are you charging maybe a little bit more of a premium experience for the marketplace? Or again, you're taking a little bit of a hit because at the end of the day, hey, you want to provide a great experience and provide additional opportunity as well. We've remained like lower cost than some of our competitors, higher cost than others, because we do have much higher efficiency, better machines on there. But in terms of some of the competitors we're facing, we've remained lower cost than where they are. And still we're pulling in the volume of the business. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of making up. Now we're not the low cost. We're not fighting on cost right here. But we are remaining quite competitive in there. And the numbers are turning over quite handsomely today. Where are you lower on cost? Because when people do think of these higher end things and the higher end strategies, they typically think, okay, maybe it's going to be higher cost to run it, but we can charge more. We'll have more customers, you know, whatever the case may be. Where are you seeing that you're saving costs when other laundromats, I guess, just don't have that ability? One thing is we're buying in bulk. We're buying materials in bulk. Every dollar counts right there. So that's helping. We have lower turnover in our staff, that's largely due to our operating partner who is just a phenomenal leader. He really pours into our people and develops them as kind of whole life people, not just as employees right there. And that's resulting in lower turnover. As you know, turnover is a big expense. Not that we don't have any, but from what we hear on industry-wide and credit-wise, we have a lower ratio than many right there. And I give our partner much credit that. So Skylar is an amazing leader and just do a wonderful job in training them and training our employees. And because we're expanding, we're growing, there's opportunity for growth for our people. And one of our very first employees has now relocated to become a store manager at one of the next stores we just opened. So it's neat to see these opportunities get passed down. Yeah. And turnover is so big. Everybody's seeing that now because of the labor shortages, companies are just offering more. So people are job hopping quite a bit now and nobody can fault them because they're getting better opportunities, sometimes up to 20% more pay just somewhere else just for changing jobs. And so really being able to work on that culture. And again, you're providing an environment that not just customers enjoy being in, but also the staff there too. The staff are there for significantly longer during the day than the customers. And so really having that fantastic experience for them, really keeping them in mind as well. So you mentioned before the person who you initially brought this site to, your original one, had said, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but this is like the perfect place for a laundromat. What were some of those metrics? What were they looking for? I assume they're looking for like competition in the area, population. What are some things that if this is something they maybe want to invest in, maybe there's a laundromat funds or open up their own. 
What are some metrics that they're looking at to say, hey, this is a successful site for Laundromat? Well, competition is a really important part because you can have a great location from a demographic profile, but if you've got two great competitors in there and you think you're going to come in and just take the business, that's a losing strategy. And in fact, in the very first one we opened up, we knew we had one good competitor. What we did not realize is that they were about to build another location. And so that's part of our fight through COVID and our fight to get to where we are today is we were flanked by one competitor with two locations right there. And so we had to battle that out. Now we've done it in a really successful way. And we've done it because we've run our business the right way, but it was kind of a tough battle. But in terms of what we're looking for, less than 50,000 household income, a higher percentage of renters in the area, higher percentage of apartment dwellers in the area, particularly older apartments that maybe don't have nice washing dry facilities right there, and maybe don't have washed our hookups in every unit right there. So we're looking for a mixture of those and really density in a one and two mile radius right there. So mm-hmm. a variety of all those factors that go into it. So I'm curious, you had mentioned you in a way kind of got blindsided by you thought, hey, I have a great location. The next competitor is maybe five miles away. A lot of people walk to laundromat, so we're good. And then you find out they're opening one a little bit closer to you. Is there anything that operators can do to kind of get that information? Does the city have that? Do they call the competitor and just say, you know, do you have any other locations that are coming soon? I'm a potential customer. Are there any strategies that can sort of mitigate those last minute surprises? That's a great question. And one of the things that we do now is we check with the city because we've got to go through permitting process and everything to go open our stores. As soon as we start meeting with the city departments, we're asking them, hey, Are there any other permits? Are you aware of anything else with any of the laundromat operators coming into town right here? Mm -hmm. I want to know because that's just, if they are, we've got to make a decision at that. Are we at the right location? Are we going to be fighting for the same piece of the pie that we thought we would be able to get 70% of the pie now? Is that 30 or 40% of the pie? That's a big difference in the number right there. So that's an important question. And now it's very much part of our due diligence checklist. Yeah, I totally agree. And calling the city, they have a vast knowledge because like I said, the permits, they have to go through them. And generally they're always happy to answer whatever questions you have. So you had mentioned that's part of the due diligence checklist. Now, what other things that maybe listeners might not be totally obvious on the due diligence checklist that you guys look for? It's a long list. I can tell you that (laughs) we've now gone through pages and pages of multiple stages of the due diligence. And we've started getting really strategic about developing these out. Everything from initial site selection taking us through the investigation of the property. Now we're real estate guys. So our preference is to go purchase the real estate that will ultimately house the laundromats. And we do that in separate entities and sometimes separate partners right there, but we'll own the real estate and the laundromat operations. So we've got due diligence on the real estate, due diligence on the site. And certainly on, look, there's working through details with your lending relationships. A lot of lenders don't understand laundromats and they don't want to invest in laundromats. We did not realize at all how difficult it would be to get a solid lending relationship in the laundromat business. And we've got it now. We've got this amazing relationship, but man, it took a little while to get into that where we talked to 10 different lenders and we feel like we're pretty good borrowers right here. We've got pretty good (laughs) profiles, all three of us do. And they got three of us on the hook. We're like, oh, this is going to be a no-brainer. And Mm -hmm. it was not a no-brainer. It's a niche industry right there. And so Mm -hmm. I think getting that lending relationship on your team is a really important component. I'm glad you said that because to me, that's one of those things that maybe you wouldn't think of. Because like you said, okay, maybe I have a pretty good net worth. I should be able to get a loan, no problem. And we've even gone through that in our syndication business and apartment buildings. You know, We bought a building for a million dollars one time. And it was distressed property, 41 units, a million dollars. And the lending process was also just so difficult. We're like, guys, I mean, 
us as borrowers can purchase this thing 15, 20 times amongst all the partners. So what's the big yeah. deal? But the lending can get so tricky and you have no idea what boxes that the lender needs to check to be able to give you that loan. And in the niche, it's just harder. The fewer people that do it, the fewer lenders will do it. And lenders, what's easier for them is to just tell you no and move on to the next loan or to learn about the laundry business. They're just going to tell you no. So I really love the strategy of having to think throughout the whole process and see what needs to get done to be successful in this space. So are you continuing to build the laundry empire or are you seeing other opportunities? Because you've been in this space and real estate in general and all types of facets for a very long time. You've seen yeah. trends come and go. You've seen the new hot assets live and grow and die. Is laundry kind of the future for you? And do you think that that's a viable future for a lot of people? Or do you see another kind of rising niche coming up on the horizon? I'm a visionary. I see things. I want to start them. And I've gotten really focused over the last couple of years to get myself out of starting new things. And so I'm basically not considering very many things. My life for the next five plus years is laundromats and the real estate associated with those laundromats. And my most important role is that as a father and husband. And I created a mobile app for parents to document their family stories and life stories with their children right there and then pass them on to their children. And so it's Laundry Love, L-U-V, Legacy of Love, L-O-V-E. Those are my two companies now. And the app is up and it's running. It's kind of maintenance and growth on that one. Laundromat is expansion on those. We'll have our first five open, or at least under construction by the end of this year. And we've been approached by probably a dozen people now about wanting to partner with us. We don't want to franchise. I don't honestly feel like there's a ton of value on our side or on the other side from a true franchise deal, but from a partnership, be interested in doing that. And so we've got about a dozen people that like to partner with us. So if you've got listeners that are interested in something like that, they certainly reach out to us. We'd be happy to explore that depending on their location and where they are and their history and their capitalization there. We'd be interested in exploring partnership opportunities too. That's awesome. And I'm the same way. You know, it's so hard for guys like us because we see something like, oh, I could do this with it. And you just want to take it and run. But one of the probably most difficult things I've had to learn as an entrepreneur, and it sounds like maybe for you as well, but one of the most effective was pick the thing and just do it all in. Just go all in on it. Don't look at anything else. Bitcoin, I don't even think about it because I'm just so all in on multifamily. I don't know if you can read the quote behind me, but it says the main thing needs to be the main thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. <laughs> so yep. And to me, that was so impactful because for me, I'm all in on multifamily. That's all I do. For you, it's laundry and it's the yeah. app right now. And that's all it can be. So I really like it. So you had mentioned some partnership possibilities out there. Uh, yeah. Why don't you just tell us how can people get a hold of you and who should reach out? Yeah. If you want to learn about our concept, you can kind of check us out, laundrylove.com. That's L-U-V, laundry, L-U-V.com. Learn about that. Look, if you're a parent, please check out our mobile app at legacyjournal.app. If you're interested in a partnership opportunity, you want to explore that, you can email me, just ken at legacyoflove.app. Awesome. Well, listeners, we will put the email in the show notes. So listeners, definitely reach out if it's a concept you're interested in, you think that you might want to partner or just explore an app as well if you're a parent out there. So we're going to put that in the show notes. While you're there, of course, if you haven't already, make sure you download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Building Generational Wealth and Passive Cash Flow Through Multifamily Real Estate. Ken, thanks so much for coming on the show. Just appreciate you having me. Thank you. 